Welcome to the Pyrotron Network. Just keep living to me now means I get it. And one of the things about just keep living is that I wanted to have a place where people would feel safe. It really isn't enough to be right. You have to be effective. And you'll learn that the more breaths that you take, the more grace that you're given, the more opportunities that you have to just keep living. Just keep living with Marva Hanks. All right. I'm so grateful to be here in after COVID season. And we're back on air with Just Keep Living on the Potatron Network. And our handsome producer, Walter Johnson Jr., has uh, allowed myself, Julie Heath, and Nicole Shunike. Shunike to record and ta- record on the Just Keep Living podcast about our DRA lending, the origins, beginnings of that, and where we are today. So our story starts in 2016. I am attending Gateway Dallas and part of the women's empowerment group that we were a part of then in the spring of 2017. uh, We were um, hearing what the Lord was having us do as individual women. There were 26 women in the class, variety of ages, social economic backgrounds, educational backgrounds. And um, we, my Nicole and I, hear Julie's story. And so I will let Julie talk about what God was speaking to her at that time. So um, we were just challenged to ask the Lord what he wanted to talk to us about. And uh, it was about a year after the shootings of the police officers downtown, and I was thinking about that, and I remembered going to an event the morning after the shootings where the police were there, and the mayor was there, and uh, uh, community leaders were there, and, and there was a comment that the mayor made, and he said something like, yesterday was the darkest day that Dallas has ever seen, and I was standing there, and immediately the thought rose up inside of me, No, it's not. And I wondered what that meant, and I kind of tucked it away for a while, and then fast forward to the class that we were in, and the Lord reminded me of that. And so I thought, well, if that was not the darkest day Dallas has ever seen, I should investigate and find out what was. And so that took me on a journey back uh, to the early 1900s and the late 1800s, and uh, in particular to really horrendous incidents of uh, injustice and racial violence involving um, one situation where a man had been arrested and was overtaken by a mob and thrown out the second floor window of the courthouse and his body was dragged down the uh, streets of downtown. And as it turned out, that path was almost exactly in the path of where the police shootings occurred. And that, of course, stood out to me. And then I looked further back and found some information about a fire in the late 1800s in downtown that was blamed on a group of slaves, and three slaves were hung on the banks of the Trinity River. And so there's much more to the story than that, but that certainly is what got my attention, and I began looking at the racial history of Dallas and just the injustice and the many, many things that had gone on to bring us to where we are today. And that's kind of what was a springboard to to the idea of DRA Lending, which is a micro-lending organization designed to come alongside 
those who don't really have any other lending opportunities. So what stood out to me was that I'm a newcomer. I'm a transplant. I'm not from Dallas. And you had lived here for 30 years at right. the time? That's right. Uh, I think that that may be what uh, Nicole and I had in common as we were listening to your story. But I want Nicole to share in her own words what moved her and prompted her to come alongside you. Yeah. So I think one of the things that the biggest part of Julie's presentation to me was she she had this poster, right, which was of downtown Dallas, and she had plotted out all of these these different areas she researched, and then she showed it it was this cross. It was this big red cross. And um, for me, I think I I was at a time where I was struggling with, you know, social injustice and and feeling that that was actually what I talked about that day was I I felt called to racial reconciliation and and learning more about that. So to see this white woman stand in front of this room and have something that was so God created, I chased her out. I mean, I remember (laughs) saying, Mm -hmm. you know, will will you, can I, whatever you're trying to do, like, can I do it? Because it was for me, exactly what I was searching for was a way to tie this, this thing that I was feeling to, to heal um, what was happening and also feeling drawn closer to the Lord, but further from the church. And this was a good way for me to, to feel that it was connected again. So that was, that was really what stood out for me. Wow. As you guys are talking, this happened spring of 2017, right? Yeah. When Julie is, is in the group of people after the shooting, the shooting was July 7th, 2016. So around that week, July 2nd, 2016, 16 is when we sign our, you know, our lease agreement to come move to Dallas from New Jersey to the place I said I was never, ever, ever, ever coming to. And God had other plans, mm-hmm. clearly. Yeah. And, and out of those plans that I find are all of the connections that I've been able to make, divine connections. You talk about you were moved, Nicole, because you had a heart for racial reconciliation, especially in the church. And, and here we are in COVID season and everybody's got a small church now. Although mm-hmm. we at one time attended a mega church, which is considered a mega church, God has spoken and mm-hmm. clearly shut all that down. And so the small groups are what are really resonating and building up his kingdom now. So how much more important it is that we get word out to be impactful with what we have. And so I thought it was so important that we use the tools that we have with modern technology technology and get the word out through podcasts because businesses will still need to start up. Right. And so Julie, part of your vision is that we target that South Dallas area. So those that can't see the visual, Julie is an attorney by trade. So she presented as if she were speaking in a courtroom. And so when Nicole says she plotted out the path of the lynchings and where the bloodshed was, is actually what she did. Mm -hmm. It was red on the streets, the main streets of Elm, through where else, Julie? You shouldn't have asked. Was it Elm <laughs> and Lamar and I just remember to it went, Main Street. At also. the time, it went up to kind of where downtown opened. And right. There was that Elk Street arch, and that's where the hanging occurred. Right. Uh, but it was the you know right through the center of downtown. Right. You're listening to Just Keep Living with Marva Hanks. Right. And so that spirit of division is still 
prevalent today, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But we've asked the Holy Spirit to guide us and to open up opportunities for us to be a part of the work that He is already doing. Find value in the community. Come alongside the workers that are already doing good work there and empower them in lifting and point them up to the power of God because that's our source. Yeah, we can't, exactly. we don't have any superpowers. Mm-hmm. Um, we do not have, a, we're not attached to a trust fund as far as I know. So, so that we would be putting the all call out for other people to come alongside us and hear the heart and the vision and the deposit that we want to make in the community that will be sustainable. So Nicole, Tell me a little bit about the things that we've learned or that you've learned specifically. You're a Dallas transplant also. So doing more investigative work and infiltrating different churches and seeing where the hard work will happen. Yeah. So I think, I mean, one of the best things we've done is just, is talk to so many different people, right? So, um, so we've talked to Cecily, um, but abide, we were talking to chocolate tonight, um, with redeemed women. We are learning more about those who are truly doing the work and the needs that they have. Um, for us, it's, it's, extremely important like you said we're we're transplants um you know we we didn't grow up in dallas north south dallas um the mission is is clear for us and and what we're supposed to do but um in that the mission is also clear that we are to align with those who are um, strategically doing the work those who who live there who are there um and so for us i feel like we've been learning um we've been learning more what the true needs are of this of this community, right? We're learning um, the the discrepancies in lending and and the um, the amounts of of entrepreneurs that are there and seeking new spaces and new opportunities and and the ideas that exist in South Dallas, which is really exciting. Um, so I've been really excited to see that and looking forward to being able to, like you said, come alongside and how can we partner with them to help them grow. So we're looking for opportunities to partner with the Black Chamber of Commerce that's already on Martin Luther King Boulevard and Malcolm. We're looking for opportunities to partner with the Martin Luther King Center that's down there in South Dallas. There's already restaurants that are infiltrating in the community and doing good work, but there we know that there are other entrepreneurial spirits that we want to fuel them with capital. So Julie or Nicole can take this question. So we, let's say that we have a benefactor out there that wants to plant seed in with us $50,000 or more, they're going to start with a minimum donation of $50,000 to DRA lending to disperse the best way that we see fit. What would you say to that person to make sure that we're trustworthy and that we're doing the vetting that we believe is necessary? Well, I guess what I was going to say is the thing that I think that we've done really well is not swoop in and say we have all the answers that you know we read that book uh, when helping hurts mm-hmm. and or, mm-hmm. i think we're all very cautious about coming in and telling anybody how to do anything and so we've been really careful about developing those relationships in the community because we know they know the community but anything that we do is likely to have is going to have some impact one way or the other in the community mm-hmm. and there are lots of ways that what we might try to do might not be great. It might create unintended consequences. Mm -hmm. So I guess I would say to the person who's interested in partnering with us that we intend to continue to work only with folks who are on the ground in the community Mm -hmm. who both know the people who who can be um, helped by our assistance, but also know 
the impact and the effect that uh, uh, giving might have on the community. So, so that's what I want to make sure that we do as we continue to to. And like Nicole said, come alongside. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not coming in to do anything except empower those who are already there. And I'm grateful that you addressed that savior complex that people mm-hmm. might have a tendency to do to just, they want to write a check, be done, think that that's going to heal anything. Nicole, I know that you're a part of mentorship programs on many different levels. Um, would you speak to the importance of mentorship? along with DRE lending? Yeah, so for DRE lending, one of the things we discussed in in our our early conversations was that we wanted the entrepreneurs who take part in the program to make sure that there is strong mentoring um, both in their industry and and in their lives. And so so that's a big part of what we are hoping to do. We're hoping to sign up more mentors that have started businesses, that are running businesses, that know business, that want to walk alongside truly the, the principles that will make our entrepreneurs entrepreneurs who lend from us um, really successful. So that's that's a major part of what we're hoping to do. And we've seen, um, you know, just in research and, and in conversations that this is what is necessary to have, you know, the, the best outcomes for success. Okay. As we're going to wrap up, see how easy this is? We're going to wrap up our time on uh, Just Keep Living, which is based on my father's advice to me when I got married, having attended Nicole's wedding two years ago now. Yeah, almost. And uh, that was one of his, he's a man of few words, made deep impact in my life, but I hear his voice more clearly now while he's on the other side mm-hmm. of heaven mm-hmm. now. And one of his words is, I was a kid always wanting to know why or wanting to have my way. I'm, you know, all that comes with being the oldest child and you, you have to have control and you got to be right and all the things. But his words to me were always just keep living. Mm. So I take that to know now. I won't know everything that the Lord, that I have questions for, but the Lord is patient and wise and gentle and kind in his delivery. And so that just keep living is so appropriate for me now in this COVID season. Just keep taking deep breaths. It will, I will have an understanding by and by. Mm-hmm. Just keep living. Love it. So thank you for coming alongside uh, my handsome host and producer, mm-hmm. Walter Johnson Jr. We're going to make this a regular series. Definitely. So that we, so that our, our um, viewership knows that we're being responsible and are making impact in the community and how they can get in touch with DRA Lending to give and donate they can find us at dralending.org thank you nicole we appreciate it so with that we're going to close out thanks Martha. thank you you're welcome everyone at some point in their lives will have to settle the matter of disappointment whether in people or circumstances choose to receive his grace to influence your next step just keep living with marva hanks Sign up and be a part of the team. Be a Pottertron at Pottertron.com. Thank you for listening to Pottertron.